of sitting meditation, now I'd like to ask you to begin another. One of the best ways to listen to a talk on meditation is to meditate while you listen. You're basically doing two things. Your primary emphasis is looking at the breath. It's what you've been doing for two days now. Being mindful of the breath and watching the breath and trying to keep your attention there. As for the sound of the talk, let that be secondary. If anything gets said that seems right for you, it'll go right in without your having to consciously pay attention. If anything doesn't seem right, just let it pass. And hopefully what gets said will be of some help while you're meditating now and for you to think about and to apply in your meditation for the, the days to come. <clears throat> We're practicing mindfulness. It's something we all have already. Mindfulness means having something in mind, having a topic. It can be past, present, future. But we want to practice mindfulness in the present. And to do that, and to make mindfulness strong, you need two more qualities. And you'll notice while you're breathing, trying to keep your mind on the breath. And when it flies away, bringing it back. And when it flies away again, bringing it back again. There are basically several things going on in the mind. And at first they're separate. The first is the intention to have the breath in mind. Just think of the breath. Now they can do that, do that for one second, for five minutes, for an hour. <clears throat> if you do that without any of the other qualities, it'll last for one second and then fly away. The other qualities are clear awareness. The Pali word is sampachanya, can be clear comprehension or self-awareness. It simply means seeing what's actually going on. What is the breath doing right now? Is it going in? Is it going out? Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it comfortable? Or does it feel constricted or tense? You look at these things to see what's actually going on. So now we have two qualities in the mind. One is sati, mindfulness, and the other is sampajanya, clear awareness. You've got the breath in mind and you're watching the breath. Now the problem is other things will come into mind. Almost immediately as you decide to watch the breath, something else comes in and says it's more important, or more interesting, more entertaining, or whatever. 
And this is where the third quality comes in. The Pali term is atapa. And you can translate it many ways. It can mean earnestness, sincerity. Or one way I'd like to translate it tonight is penetrating honesty. You're honest with yourself. When another thought comes in, you know it immediately that this is not what you're here for. all this way to spend 13 days at IMS thinking about your wife or your husband, your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, or whatever else seems to wander in very quickly. And so when you see that it's not what you're here for, you take the mind back. Now how you do this is very important, but there are no hard and fast rules that work for everyone. So part of this penetrating honesty is, is the penetrating sign. You look and see what works in your own mind. Sometimes all it needs is a little nudge back to the breath, and it goes right back. Sometimes you need to drag it back. To keep it there. <clears throat> now it would be nice to say, okay, Everyone can do this very gently and be very nice and pleasant. And then it will immediately be tame. But that's not the way of the mind. Each person has to find out for him or herself what works. Now, as I said, in some cases, simply noticing that the mind is gone. That's sampachanya, that's clear awareness. You realize that it's gone, which is a step rather than letting it go without realizing it at all. And so immediately when you notice that it's gone, that's a positive sign. You've got at least two of the qualities you're looking for. Now where the sense of penetrating honesty comes in, this depends on your sense of values. What's important right now? What's worth doing right now? The kinds of thoughts that come into the mind over and over and over again and won't seem to go away with just noting. These require careful dealing. You can ask yourself, what am I getting out of this thought? Is it really worth sitting here thinking about this particular thing? <clears throat> and sometimes that's enough to bring it back. Other times it's not. If it's a negative thought, anger about someone or anger about yourself, you ask yourself, what pleasure am I getting out of thinking these things? Or what pleasure is there in thinking these things? You don't have to accuse yourself of being the one who's thinking. It's simply the thought that's there. And it happens to be over and over again. So you ask yourself, where is the pleasure in this? And you usually find that it's a very hungry sort of pleasure. A very starved sort of pleasure. And you remind yourself of what the Buddha taught, that the true pleasure comes from being mindful. This is one of the reasons why we choose the breath as our topic, because it's one of the topics that rewards mindfulness most clearly and the most satisfying way, both for the body and the mind. Because when the mind really stays with the breath and it's calm, the breath has a chance to really nourish the body. Often when we're thinking about other things, we're constricting the breath, limiting it, 
not giving it a chance to display its full potential. But once we stay with it, simply watching it, being mindful of it, letting it be as comfortable as it can, <clears throat> we find that it seeps deeper and deeper and deeper into the body. It gets more and more and more refined. And we let it do that. <clears throat> Sometimes you have to consciously let it go through different parts of the body. You're not forcing it there. You just let the sensation of breathing go deeper and deeper. And if you let it, it will go. <clears throat> so many times a sign that the mind is wandering is simply a sign that your breath isn't as comfortable as it could be. Or you're not letting it nourish the body as much as it could. So you come back, put the breath in mind again, and watch it and to see how comfortable it can become. And once the body develops this sort of fullness from the breath, from watching it and learning to understand it, this is also where mindfulness, self-awareness, and that quality of penetrating honesty come together. You're honest about what the breath is doing. You're letting it do what it really could if it had the chance. And it's when these three qualities come together that you see the results of the meditation. The breath feels more and more satisfying, more and more and more fulfilling. And the sense of pleasure that you get simply from sitting and breathing becomes fuller and fuller in the body. And the mind feels content. And when there's a sense of contentment in the mind, the little thoughts that may seem to that still linger around the fringes have less and less appeal. As my teacher used to say, when you're full, you don't have to go around asking for scraps from people or sorting through the trash cans of your mind. And so in that way, you don't poison yourself with all the kinds of bad thinking. <clears throat> that happen to come into the mind. You feed on something which is really nourishing for the mind. You have mindfulness, and you have clear awareness, and you have this quality of penetrating honesty, determined to see what really is there. And as I said, when these three things come together, mindfulness gains power. And that simple act of having something in mind becomes a tool you can use in all kinds of activities. <clears throat> the path that the Buddha taught develops these three qualities from the very beginning. For example, with the precepts. These are principles for action. Since it's much easier to control the body than it is to control the mind, you start with your action, you start with your speech, the things you say to people, the things you do in the course of the day. <clears throat> And you determine that you'll follow certain principles. You'll avoid certain types of actions and develop certain positive qualities within you. So you take the precept of not killing, not stealing, not having illicit sex, not lying, not taking intoxicants. And you decide, I'll follow these precepts. 
So you have to keep the precept in mind. This is mindfulness. Then you keep watch over your actions to make sure they stay in line with the precepts. This is clear awareness. And then when a possible action presents itself to you, you weigh it against the precept you've decided to, to hold to. Will it break the precept? Will it harm myself? Will it harm other people? If the answer is no, you can go ahead and do it. If the answer is yes, you say, okay, I'll simply give up whatever possible small pleasure could come from that because of the larger pleasure which the Buddha says from developing the qualities of mindfulness, clear awareness, and this honesty that you have within yourself. And even on the level of the precepts, there's a certain amount of contentment and self-respect that you develop for yourself because you can hold to these precepts. It's not that he was laying down laws or forcing people to do things. He was simply offering a path of practice, which he said, will lead to less and less and less distress in your life. So you give it a try to see if what the Buddha said 2,500 years ago still applies today. And as you develop these qualities in your daily life, you find that it spills over into your meditation. You've got that quality of mindfulness, of clear awareness, and this penetrating honesty with yourself. It's an honesty both in adhering to what you're determined to do and seeing what really is worthwhile in life. So when it comes to meditation, you make up your mind, you'll keep the mind with the breath to make it calm. And then you're clearly aware what's going on with the breath right now. And you're also aware, is the mind staying with the breath? So your sphere of awareness is both the object, which is the breath, and the mind, which knows the breath. You make sure they stay together. You watch them. And it's the making sure, the honesty, which is the, the penetrating honesty that I mentioned before. Meditation teaches stress over and over and over again. If you really do it, you'll get the results. And it's the really doing it comes in the penetrating honesty. Am I really doing it? Is what's currently happening in the mind what I want to be there? And of course, as I said, the first thing that happens when you make up your mind to keep your mind on one thing, it switches to something else. And so you have to ask yourself, is this what I want? And if it's something with very weak appeal, the immediate answer is no, and you go back. If it has strong appeal, you have to ask yourself deeper questions. Is this really valuable? Am I really getting anything out of it? Can this thought wait to some other time? spending this time and this money to stay here? Is this what I came to think about? Or even deeper, my time on earth is limited. The day will come when I'm sick. The day will come when I grow old. And the day will come when I die. There are limits on how much time I can meditate 
and develop good, strong qualities inside myself. So now that I have the opportunity, I should make the most of it. These are the kinds of things you have to tell yourself. Because it is these qualities that will take you past death. This is what the Buddha taught. It's the qualities in the mind that have permanent value in life. And they begin with very basic, small sorts of things like this. Keeping something in mind. Keeping your breath in mind. As I said before, one of the reasons we focus on the breath is because it rewards mindfulness so quickly. There's such a strong sense of pleasure that can come if you're simply mindful of the breath, aware of it, and you're honest about what you're doing and what the breath is doing. also because the breath is part of the body. As the Buddha said, most of our suffering in life comes directly from ignorance, from not knowing what's really going on. And the strongest ignorance we have is about what's going on in our own bodies. And it's this ignorance which rules our lives by far the most. Our attachment to our own bodies is something stronger than any attachment you can imagine. And so if we want to gain insight into what's going on, we have to learn how to center mindfulness right here. It doesn't need to go anywhere else. As the saying is, the teaching of the, the Dhamma of the Buddha leads inward. It points right at ourselves. And he tells us to test us by being aware of what's going on. So this is what we're working at. As we develop these qualities, and they become stronger and stronger. Mindfulness gets stronger. Our awareness gets more and more refined. And our honesty about what's actually happening gets more and more penetrating. It can break through all kinds of veils that we have around ourselves, all kinds of misconceptions we have, attitudes, values we've picked up from who knows where, from childhood, from the culture around us. It can penetrate through these things so that we can see through the stress and unhappiness and ignorance that they cause. And it's the penetrating through that liberates the mind. said in 13 days you can gain enlightenment or money back. It's a lifetime task, but it's one that has supreme value for our lives, which is why it's worth sticking with, putting up with the pains in the knees, the aches in the back, the boredom with the schedule. things are necessary. 
so we work at it. As all those who follow the path have said, that when you get to the end, it's worth all the pain and the boredom and the anxiety and the distress and the feelings of hopelessness that go along the way. As you get through them, and the goal is attained. They say it's worth all the suffering involved. <coughs> this is why we talk about taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Remember that other people have gone this way before us, have suffered exactly as we have, and perhaps even more. And it's not that they were superhuman beings before they practiced. It was they became outstanding people because they kept with the practice. So you keep with it, keep bringing the mind back, reasoning with it if necessary. This is why I'm here. This is what I want to be doing. And at the same time, giving it something pleasurable to do. Look at the breath, see what it's really doing. And is it really as comfortable as it could be? It's like the question they ask sometimes, do you sincerely want to be happy? Do you really want to breathe comfortably inside yourself? The answer seems obvious, of course. Do you know how comfortable the breath can be? This is your time to explore. vital or important comes up to the mind, that's aside from the breath, simply say, not yet. Because some of the really deep, deep, deep problems in the mind require calm and mindfulness and clear comprehension and this honesty we're talking about to see through them. And if the powers of these things aren't up to the task, then you won't get anywhere. And the Buddha said, when these things are developed to the ultimate degree, they penetrate right through everything that forms a veil around the mind or obscures the mind or has the mind trapped. But in order to get there, the power of these qualities, these simple qualities that we're working on, has to be strong. So if you're not yet ready for the test, just tell that particular issue, not yet and put it to the side. You know it's there, but you let it lead a sort of peaceful coexistence. You don't try to feed on it now, you just simply put it aside and stay with the breath. Watch the breath. And then keep, make sure that you keep with it. I keep coming back over and over and again to these three points because they're so important. They're the basis of any practice, which aims to free the mind from the attachments, which keep it bound. Whatever your topic of meditation, you have to have these three qualities working together. When the mind slips, it's a sign that the, these three qualities have fallen apart. <coughs> 
relaxes you, bring them back together again. And then again, and then again. And as they become more and more used to coming together, you find that they tend to be more and more with each other. that you don't give up or start theorizing about why the meditation isn't working or why the meditation couldn't work anyhow or any thoughts of that nature. Because you should say that, you're saying things, you know, these qualities within yourself simply can't be strengthened. And in that way you're denying yourself. The qualities are there, they can be strengthened if you work at them. results more than any theory can supply with you with. So you stick with these very simple things and make them strong. Admittedly, this doesn't sound very glamorous. I'm sure you could find many more glamorous theories being taught elsewhere. But the marvel of it all is it's something that's so small and basic having something in mind, being aware, and then being honest, penetrating into what's really going on, can eventually develop such power that they can liberate the whole mind. And the teachings of the Buddha are a challenge to everyone who hears them. He says, try it and see. And so we, we give it a try. We say, okay, suppose it is right, see what happens. And then really give it a sincere try. And when we receive the results, who benefits? We're the ones who benefit. The Buddha never worried whether anyone else would believe what he said or not. If they took his teachings and put them into practice and gained results, that was their benefit. He had already attained all the benefits that he needed, all the happiness that he needed. And so it's up to us to take these very, very basic things and put them to use in our own minds. Strengthen them, nourish them, nurture them. see how far they can take us.
as you meditate, remember, there are three things in your mind. They're already there. They're already happening. You've seen them happening in a, perhaps in a scattered way. Perhaps they've already come together. What you want to do is to bring them to, together around the breath. Mindfulness, keeping the breath in mind. Clear awareness, seeing what the breath is doing. And also seeing whether or not the mind is staying with the breath. And then penetrating honesty. You're honest with yourself. If the mind slips away, is this what I wanted to do? No. And then you bring it back. If the mind stays with the breath, you look into the breath. You look into breathing to see what its possibilities are. How comfortable can the breath be? How does the way I conceive the breath affect the way, it, way I breathe? You can try thinking of the breath coming in and out different parts of the body. As I said before, as we've all learned from Goldfinger, the breath does come in and out the pores. Simply think of that fact as you breathe and see what that does to the sensation of breathing in the body. This way you begin to penetrate into the breath. these three qualities sort of circle around and come closer and closer and closer to being one. The first thing you find is an extreme sense of refreshment that comes from breathing. It refreshes the whole body simply to breathe in. And it soothes the whole body simply to breathe out. And with a sense of refreshment comes ease. from those three simple little qualities that we have in our minds already and that we simply have to make the effort to bring together around our breathing. I'll let you sit in silence for the next ten minutes. ask you that when you do walking meditation that you try to keep these three qualities I mentioned together with the breath. Don't let simply the fact that you're <clears throat> moving from your sitting position affect the mind. Because when you get up it doesn't destroy the breath. The breath is still there. So try to keep those three qualities there with it. teacher said, many people when they meditate are like someone who climbs the stairs to a house step by step by step by step up to the second story 
And then when the time comes to stop, they jump out the window, throw everything away. Try not to let that happen. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.